this is crazy good. That's my made-up word. (laughs) Crazy because I've never done this before. And I'm not a speaker. And I get really nervous in front of a large group. Are you surprised? (laughs) I was the little girl who, at her piano recital, would bounce up onto the stage. And on my way to the piano, I'd look out into the audience and wave at my mom and freeze. (laughs) Literally freeze. And good, because God, for some reason, has chosen for me to be here tonight. We all have our own journeys, our own stories. Mine is not unique, but it is my story, our story together thus far. And I believe, I know God challenged me to see if I would be willing to step forward in faith and stand before you tonight and open the covers of my book of life and be completely vulnerable. I know he is with me and I trust that he will give me the words to share just some of the many, many ways in which he has been faithful to me throughout my life, as undeserving as I am. And I would be grateful for your prayers that he keeps me thawed out so I can actually continue to stand here and share with y'all. In fact, let's go to the Lord in prayer. This is the day, this is your day that you have made for us. Moment by moment, beautifully painted with your paintbrush. Let us rejoice and give you praise and thanksgiving for who you are and for your gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, who was sacrificed on the cross for our sins. Thank you for bringing us together tonight in Christian fellowship. Thank you for Edith and her leadership and her faithful walk with you. She has touched so many lives. And thank you for Phyllis, who has shared her love and talent with us tonight. But more than that, thank you for the devoted prayer warrior she is not only to me, but to many people in this room. I ask your special blessings on each and every person here. You know our needs. You know our secret desires. And as we lift these up to you in faith, may we trust that if they are within your will for our lives, that you will answer them in your way, in your time. And God, I pray especially 
for anyone who is doubting, who is questioning, who does not truly know you. Stir their hearts and souls as you wrap your loving arms around them and plant your love and your precious, precious peace deep within their hearts. And now, O oh God, plant that peace in my heart and replace my nervousness with your calmness so that you can use me. Speak in and through me for your glory. And all God's children said, Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. This verse is one of my favorites that I try and live by. But because I'm human, I am certainly not perfect in that regard. But as my faith grows, as well as my understanding, I realize that this is what God wants. This is what he desires for me for all of my life. And these are some of my personal reflections on that verse. Be joyful always. You know, there's a huge difference between being happy and being joyful. Happiness comes as a result of pleasant circumstances. Inward joy comes from knowing and trusting in God. Happiness is unpredictable. Inward joy is steady as long as we put our total trust in Him. Happiness covers up discouragement. Inward joy defeats discouragement. Happiness is temporary. Inward joy is lasting. Inward joy is a gift we receive through faith. It is the most infallible sign of the presence of God. Pray continually. Pray at all times. Pray without ceasing. Give God your waking thoughts, your waiting thoughts, your whispering thoughts, your waning thoughts. Imagine being in communion with God every single moment. Conclude the day as you began it, talking and listening to God. We should have a prayerful attitude at all times and be present to his presence. Give thanks in all circumstances. My understanding of this is that Paul is not teaching that we should thank God for everything that happens in our lives, but in everything. We should give thanks for God's presence and for the good that he will accomplish. Our thankfulness should not fluctuate with circumstances or feelings. We should open our eyes to his beauty, his love, his goodness, even behind the pain and difficulties in our lives and give him thanks. As we come to understand the will of the Lord and are filled with the Spirit, may we always be patient and thankful in all things. Thanks be to God. 
as I was asking God what he wanted me to share tonight, I felt led to start in the early 1980s when I became a single parent for about eight years. I was all alone with two young children, a daughter, six, and a son, two. As I was brought up in the church in my hometown of Spartanburg by loving parents who were the best of role models, I knew the importance of bringing my children up in a loving and caring church. And that church for us was First Prayers. My children are one of the most precious joys in my life. And I, as most parents, would do anything to provide for them. I was fortunate enough to find a job with minimal pay and a small home in a good school area to rent. In a physical sense, we literally lived hand-to-mouth during those eight years. For a time, we were on food stamps. I waited in what they called back then cheese lines in order to obtain more food for us. I provided necessary documentation to Duke Power so we would qualify to receive $100 extra for heat. I sewed patches on the torn knees of their jeans because back then it wasn't stylish to have holes in your jeans and we had no extra money to buy new ones. One morning at breakfast during the blessing, I asked God to somehow provide food for our evening meal. The kids opened their eyes nervously and asked, you mean we don't know what we're going to have for supper tonight? I smiled and assured them confidently, he will provide. That afternoon, the doorbell rang. It was a member of my choir family who every summer grew vegetables in her garden. In her arms was a huge brown grocery bag loaded down with vegetables she had grown. As I thanked her profusely and closed the door, I noticed my children's mouths were wide open in amazement. You were right, Mom, they excitedly exclaimed. He does provide. And just as a side note, those vegetables lasted us until I got paid two weeks later. I'm thankful God loved us so much that he leaned down from heaven and whispered into someone's ear, go and meet a need. I would like to interject here how First Prez's prayer ministry was working in our lives. At some of our most desolate times, we would receive a card in the mail which read, The prayer ministry of First Prez is praying for you by name every day this week. It was reaffirmation that God was in control and we were in his hands, that with God all things are possible. As I look out here, I see so many of you that have prayed for me over the years, and I just want to say here in front of God and everybody again how grateful I am 
for the many hours of prayer over the years for me and for my family. And Edith, I would like to share something here that you may not even be aware of. As I said earlier, when I became a single parent, I was fortunate enough to be able to find a small home for us to live in. It was a two-bedroom, one-bath home, and being very young, the children were able to bunk in the same bedroom. But as they got older, they needed their own rooms, their own space, so I moved to the couch. My prayer partner at that time was Billy Parks, now Shira, and for some reason it bothered her when she found out I was sleeping on the sofa. The next time we got together for our prayer partner meeting, she informed me that members of our single Sunday school class had offered to come together to convert our screened-in porch into a paneled bedroom for my son which would enable the three of us to each have our own bedroom. I was overcome with emotion, gratitude, and thankfulness. A team of about 12 to 15 people from our single Sunday school class assisted in this one-day transformation. And though most of these people have moved on, I would like to again thank current church members Rip Parks, Joel Weir, Billy Parks Shira, and Tommy Weir for their talents and expertise and being used by God in such a caring, selfless way. This is so forever etched in our hearts and is yet another example of the beauty of God's love. Advance forward a few years. Jeff, one of the most godly men I've ever known, came into our lives. Little did I know, God had great plans. And for the next two years, as we dated and established a beautiful, mature, Christ-centered friendship, And then, as the four of us got to know each other, it was obvious this was a precious bond of love. One night, as I was putting my son to bed, unbeknownst to me in the living room, my daughter was telling Jeff she thought he ought to ask me to marry him. (laughs) Again, his perfect timing. You see, we had discussed this idea, (laughs) but we wanted to make certain it was the right time in the children's lives. So needless to say, six months later, there was a wedding. (laughs) And to this day, our daughter takes full credit for the idea of us getting married. (laughs) Advancing forward to 2003. My precious dad, the leader of our family, who sought God's wisdom and guidance 
in all things, suffered a massive stroke. He was not expected to live overnight. As our family was given this news, I so clearly remember us looking at each other as if to say, you don't know this family. We are faithful believers in prayer and in him. And thus began one of the largest prayer coverings our family has ever witnessed. My dad lived nine more years. Not able to speak. Not able to do for himself. But God used this time to teach us many lessons about life, about love, about Him. I can only speak here about some of what I learned. First, and most importantly, He allowed me to experience unconditional love as I've never understood it before. The tenderness, the devotedness, the peacefulness, the patience my mother had for my dad. I was only just beginning to learn what we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations worketh patience really meant. I would like to interject here that just when I thought God and I had finished fine-tuning what He wanted me to share tonight. He threw me a curveball and added another dimension to my story. Just two months ago, my mom's place in heaven was ready, and he called her home suddenly. She would have been here tonight because she always believed in and supported me. And she had already begun lifting tonight up in prayer. Because she is the one that worked so closely with God into shaping and molding the woman that I am today, I would like to honor her by sharing excerpts of letters that I wrote to her over the years, which helped demonstrate his influence through her in my life. I would have missed out on a lot if you hadn't shown me the beauty of a flower, of a sunset, of a bird song, that if you look deep enough, you'll always find something beautiful in everyone. I learned from you, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This is so simple, yet so difficult. You do this in your daily walk, and I strive to bring blessings to others as you do so naturally, as you treat others with kindness, respect, dignity, and love. I have always believed that God loves each of us unconditionally, 
but now I understand why he gave me you so that I could truly understand in my heart and physically see with my eyes what this really means. The impact that God continues to love me no matter what is absolutely amazing. But to see that lived out so beautifully between you and Dad, two people so very close to me, continues to prove his love is so very real and brings this gift so very full circle in my understanding of it. I am in awe of your strength, faith, courage, and tenderness. You have continued to trust in him and have stayed the anchor for our family throughout Dad's illness. You are the reason we are all pulling together. You are the reason we are hopeful and optimistic. You are the reason we continue to rely on our faith and are totally trusting I just wanted you to know you continue to be an inspiration and encouragement to me. And I am so thankful you are my mom. God has indeed been so very good to me. Thank you, God, for the gift of my mom. So as I watched my mom honor her commitment not only to my dad, but also to God, I kept asking the question, God, why are you keeping my dad alive? Looking back, I feel one of the reasons was me. He wanted me to learn He wanted me to grow. But why would he do that at the expense of my mom and dad? All that I could do was to believe his purpose would be worked out in his way, in his time. I had no idea that all of this was hand-tailored blessings he was using to teach me about trust, trusting him with every ounce of my being. And again, looking back now, I realized this was a small part of his transformation of me into one day, little by little, becoming the masterpiece he is creating me to be. Little did I know he was preparing me Seven years later, Jeff, my precious husband, was diagnosed with COPD. He struggled for every breath he took and had to be on oxygen 24-7. Our whole lifestyle changed. What should have been the beginning of the end was actually the beginning of a new chapter for us as a couple and a new song for me as an individual. 
a depth of love I had never known was born as I watched my husband confront his illness with the strength and nobility of a saint. We received even more fully his gift of knowing that whatever happened, his love for us ensured without question that each day was complete and full of all that we needed. Where God had always been at the center of our marriage, he presented himself during this time as we never knew him before. He drew us not only closer to each other, but closer to him. We experienced an even deeper awareness of Christ's presence and the comfort that is found in his promises. It was not an easy time. And in some ways, it was a lonely time. But believe me, it was the most beautiful time in our lives. His love so poured out on us as he continued to merge our souls closer and closer together and to him. Because of all of his health complications along with his COPD, Jeff was just given a few months to live. Because God knew what was ahead of me, I firmly believe he brought me into the midst of First Pres's healing prayer team in his perfect timing, for he is a pro at timing. God saw fit to give us his gift of time, and Jeff was finally called home three years later, just ten months after my dad had died. The healing prayer team surrounded me and was his band of angels who were sent to sustain and encourage me until I became stronger. They have been such a vital part of my spiritual growth and deeper understanding of God's love, grace, and mercy. Thank you, God. Thank you. During that time, God told me my life would be changed forever. And all I could think about was, yeah, the greatest gift of my life here on earth has just been taken away. You're darn right I'll be changed forever. But you know, those last three years together impacted my life tremendously. God grew me and stretched me and had begun a growth in me as a person I never knew existed. He gave me glimpses of heaven I never would have experienced had I not totally trusted him and surrendered Jeff to my loving Father in heaven. Though I know my remaining years will be different than I anticipated because Jeff is gone. My life is in his hands and I continue to trust that he knows what is best for me. It was during that time that I recommitted my life to God in a way I never had before. I prayed for him to show me his will for my life, that I would hear that calling, and that I would have the strength and courage 
to follow his direction. Four months later, God spoke very directly to me. I want you to go on the mission trip to the Dominican Republic. I made excuses. My husband just died. I'm still grieving. I'm petrified of flying. I haven't budgeted for this. And what can I do in a foreign country where I don't speak the language? I think all that was to say, I'm scared. God was patient with me. I'm sure he just smiled and nodded, knowing he was going to coax me into going. So after I gave in, I tried to bargain with him. I told God I wanted to work in our eye clinic. But guess what? God had other plans. He wanted me on the evangelism team. That meant I would be praying out loud to strangers that I couldn't even communicate with. And y'all got to understand, I grew up in a time where we never prayed out loud except for God is great and now lay me down to sleep. We never asked other people to pray for us and we never talked out loud outside of church about our faith. It was an understood thing. I told God I thought he had the wrong person. He told me he didn't make mistakes and that he had the right person. Because I did not want to miss this opportunity for God, I responded with a weak, yes, I'll try. Once arriving in the Dominican Republic, I quickly learned that I couldn't do this by myself. But if I truly trusted him and depended on him, he would fully equip me and provide all that I needed. He would bring his good out of my weakness. During that week, for the first time, I learned what it meant to live a life of service 24-7 for God. God was my total focus, and I 100% completely followed him and remained open to him and his leading. My fragility became my strength. I had never been asked, who is God? And why do you believe? That week, four people came to me and asked me to pray for them because they were wanting to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And three others recommitted their lives to Him. God is so powerful. He can use anybody. He can use you. For the next few months, though, I somehow lost my intimacy with God. My joy went into hiding. What was happening? I was being still and listening and knowing that He was God. I was in stillness and trust, knowing he was my strength. And I felt I'd come so far, but I'd lost my connection. 
I knew he was there. He knew my heart was in the right place. But where was our intimacy? Where was my joy? Because he is my rock and my fortress. I knew in his time he would answer me. This past October, I traveled to my safe place where I tend to hear and feel God so closely at the ocean. I spent almost a week by myself solely for the purpose of praying and waiting on the Lord to speak. On my last day there, I cried out to him, God, you know my heart. Show me your will. I want to follow where you will lead me. When you are in the presence of the Lord, everything changes. As I opened my eyes, the most spectacular sunrise lay before me. It was at that moment he spoke to me. I have been teaching you patience. You have shown me your total trust in me, even when you were weak and felt I wasn't listening. I have prepared you and know you are ready. I want to send you out away from your comfort zone so that I might continue to use you for my purpose. One of the many lessons I have learned is we have to be willing to let go of the life we planned in order to follow him as he leads us in the life we are meant to live. Only he knows the direction he's sending us. We just have to believe and respond even if we don't understand the direction, and even if we don't know the end result. I trust that God hems me in behind and before and lays his hand upon me. I give him praise and thanksgiving for his willingness to use me for his glory and trust that he will open up the way, his way, before me. I am eternally thankful that I didn't miss his calling by not waiting on and trusting in him. I now understand he wants to continue to grow me into a brand new whole person. One who is filled with joy and peace and brimming with hope so that he can use me to be his blessings to others. To God be the glory for all that he has done, is doing, and will do in my life as I continue to serve him as I march towards heaven. And now, loving Father, I pray that you work mightily in each of our lives as we witness for you and bring others to Christ. Our ministries are different. Our purpose is the same. As we ask, is it I, Lord? May we obediently answer, I will go, Lord, where you lead me. This 
is my story. This is my song. To praise and serve my Savior all of my life long. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen.